Hello and welcome to the Big Hearts review of the season. I'm Ross McLeod, I'm joined with Gordon, Spencer, David and Calvin for this podcast and we're going to talk a little bit about the season just past 2020-21. It's been a season like no other. No fans at any of the games. The season of course started in October. One thing was pretty consistent, Hearts League season was over by March. Gordon, it, it, it wasn't the best of seasons, was it? You could always argue, you know, it was job done. We, we were expected to win the championship and we're back in the premiership. Job done. Lifted the trophy. Uh, well, half lifted the trophy. But overall, it's it's not been good enough. It's been nowhere near good enough, has it? Um, a few standout results. Few, a few a few key results now and again. But uh, overall, it's it's been far from acceptable. Well, I think you're being very unfair, Gordon. I have to say, I thought this was a... You know, we accomplished what we set out to do, which was win the league. We've done it by double digits. We played some good attack in football. 6-0 against Alawa, 5-3 against Air United, 6-2 against against Dundee. We played, we played... And Mr. Nielsen did what was expected of him, and he got us promoted. So I'm very happy. Yeah, also also done what expected of him and make an arse of the cup runs as he's done in his first uh, his first tenure in charge. So, um, listen, yeah, you can make arguments that his job done. Absolutely. It's just not a job done very well. And uh, I think by giving, you know, just looking at David's face here, I think, uh, I think he agrees with me. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? Funnily enough, I do agree with you. <laughs> but who would have thought it? And I, don't, I think it's uh, pretty self-explanatory that Gordon, you and I are not the outliers. I think there's one man in this room who's the outlier. But that's for another matter. Um, yeah, poor season overall. I don't think there was any moment where I was excited or enthralled by it. At the start, it looked like we could have had a similar championship season to the first one we had, but that clearly didn't happen. Uh, well, the Cups were a disaster, as we've well documented. I'm sure we'll get onto that later as well. That'll be a big in-depth chat. Uh, because they were shocking. Um, but overall, I did not enjoy any moment of it, and I couldn't wait till it was over. And as soon as the championship title was confirmed, stop watching. Good laugh. But, but even even at you saying there uh, at the start, it looked like we were going to have a similar championship. So it actually didn't though, because the league cup performances were brutal, and in the first couple of games as well. But apart from the Dundee game, but even spells in the Dundee game, it looked a bit dodgy. But then Yadar Broth, and then obviously there was there was Inverness game as well. That was still pretty pretty eye bleeding if you if you cast your mind back. I mean, I tried to sort of kick it out of my mind, but um, if you actually think about it, it was it was a pretty tough start. Yeah, I think what sums it up is it's a proverbial like playing your back garden to close the curtains. Like Hearts were playing, you could watch them on your laptop, and I gave up. I stopped. Like this was even before we'd won the league. I just when the weather got a bit nicer, I could go out drink in the back garden and have people around for a barbecue that took precedence over watching hearts which never would normally happen even if we were at Tynecastle it was just it was just murder yeah we, job done can't criticise we got the job done but two wins and nine in the championship it's never going to be good enough and yeah it's just it was poor all round it was but we yeah we got the job done there's a few there's a few once we won the league it got a bit better but I don't know how much can be in it now on the basis of the league was won pressure was off Obviously, we'll we'll start, you know, right at the start. I mean, we we did get through the League Cup games pretty easily. I mean, win against Inverness, win against Cowdenbeath, and we beat 
um, Wraith Rovers and then obviously the 6-2 win over Dundee that you've alluded to Gordon I mean did that give us a wee bit more confidence Calvin you know going into the season that you know we were maybe well ahead of this league yeah it did actually for me I know what Gordon's saying is the, the football in the League Cup games was it wasn't great to watch but it's the first time since the group stages have been introduced that we've not made an arse of it and I sort of thought at that point you know what maybe we are actually going to be okay here and then first league game our biggest competitors for the, of what you thought were going to be our main rivals for the title we blew them off the park we absolutely scudded them and you go well you know this, this is quite good and the first game back because we hadn't we hadn't seen a competitive game in I think it was what eight months at that point seven or eight months mm-hmm. I was buzzing I was absolutely buzzing I was like this is you know this team looks good we're we beat Dundee six two, but we we created well more chances than the six goals. It was a it was a good performance, and I expect. I mean, I wasn't expecting it every week, but I was expecting it more than three times the entire season, which is what we ultimately got served up with. Aye, no, I I agree with you completely. I mean, I certainly f- remember um, watching that game and certainly thinking after you know that actually we look all right here. I mean, there there was listen, there was a period of time. You know, midway through the game, where I thought we slackened a little bit, and Dundee obviously came into it. But, but overall, I mean, to to start the season winning six two against a team that was tipped to not push you all the way, but certainly be the main challengers, I think was was extremely exciting. I think because we had maybe waited that long on football, like you say, it's the longest time in in my life without. Because I mean, the thing is, we had to sit there and watch every other team play. Whether uh, obviously the Scottish league didn't start until August again, but then. We of course did have the English games starting as well, so um, it was it was a long time coming, but um, it didn't take long for the novelty to wear off. Yeah, I have to say, I knew we were going to have a good season when uh, after the League Cup uh, group stage game against Wraith Rovers. Um, you know, John McGlynn has got a very talented squad there. They had a very good season. Um, they were unlucky in the playoffs, of course, but when we managed to defeat them um, in that in a tough game, I said, you know what, we've got the the quality to go on and win this league and, and we did following this the 6-2 win over Dundee in the opening game we then travelled to Arbroath 1-1-0 and then we played Hibs in the Scottish Cup semi-final you could argue David that you know the games beforehand the League Cup and then the opening championship games were in preparation for for this game um, obviously it's a semi-final against our rivals and you know on that day we, we played like a premiership team a 2-1 win for Hearts yeah, we did. I mean, actually, I think I remember having a discussion with uh, with you and, and Gordon um, saying after that, you know, and <laughs> when you say it now, it sounds ridiculous because obviously it's not true. But um, we said, you know, we, we looked like a proper top six premiership team when we beat Hibs. We played we played really well. I don't think we gave them much of an opportunity in the match. They maybe had 10 or 15 minutes, um, maybe just to start the second half. And obviously, you know, um, they obviously had that penalty um, that they missed. Uh, yum, yum. Um and it was a it, yeah. You could say you know the games before it. You know maybe Hearts had one eye on the cup semi as you would because you know I think there's there was a you know I think everyone at Hearts kind of knew that you know we would do the, win the league eventually. So you know you could probably put out a slightly weakened team in the league for what was a huge um, cup semi final. And um, like you say, it would it got on even bigger because it'd been delayed for so long. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I regret those comments now because it makes me look like such a fool um, back in October when I said that we looked like a premiership team, um, because now we don't. But uh, yeah, it was um, at that moment, you know, I thought all things overall were looking pretty rosy for Hearts at that time. See, see, see the irony there is, though, I remember the time and, and the magnitude of the game was huge. 
and we said we all said, listen, you know, this will set Nielsen up to almost be untouchable for the next couple of years because it'll, it'll take the pressure off him. I thought, you know, that I mean, if he wins this game, then he's he's got a good chance of having a bit of success. Only Robbie Nielsen could make an arse of that. Right? The Aloha game and then the Brora game, right? I didn't even see them coming, right? And the fact is, all that good work that he'd done that afternoon against Hibs or evening um, has it, it totally been undone. And and that, that that that's the thing, you know what I mean? We can talk about how we should have won the cup that year, we're unlucky, got beat on penalties, etc. Fans can look past that because it was heartbreaking, it was just one of them. But, but he, he totally undone all that good work that he had reversed from his previous blunder in his first spell um, by by just going and losing the, the games against Avalon Brother. If he, you know... If we'd got knocked out by, say, a Premiership team or something like that, then people would be like, well, you know, it's we're annoyed for maybe a couple of weeks and then that's it, you get over it. But the results like them, you don't get over those. And, you know, all that good work... Because I think he knew himself when he came back to Hearts that he needed to win that semi-final to get the fans back on side, the fans that did doubt him. And he did, for a month. And then we went and played Alawa. And then people were like, whoa, what's going on here? It's just the same old Nielsen. Um, that that particular game against Hibs, um, I thought you know there was nothing really in it. I mean they they had the bulk of play. Um, Craig Gordon was forced into a few good saves, and then obviously he made the changes and and Naismith and Hannon come on. And I thought you know we we looked head and shoulders above them, and I think that's a frustrating thing because I think when you you've watched Hibs a few times this season and and fair play to them they've, they've you know comfortably ended up third, and then you know they've got a, a potential chance to win the trophy. Um, I don't think they're that great a side. I, th- I don't think there's actually an awful lot between Hearts and Hibs in terms of, of players and, and the way they, they play. I think, you know, if anything, you could argue that Hearts have a slight edge on them because I think we have technically better players. David's obviously talking about how he disagrees that we're not a top six team and all this sort of thing. I still maintain. I think, you know, you put three or four really, really good signings in there, then I think Hearts could could go up to third. And I know I know it sounds silly saying it now, but... I generally think if you could get Hearts' best team on the park, I think they, they could give anyone a game. And they've proven that in the, in the games against Hibs and Celtic. But the problem is it's been the other games, the, the other results and the performances that let them down. I just hope that obviously when, when things do get back to normal, we're back to a, a full-time castle. Um, you know, because it's going to be an extremely competitive league next year. Um, you know, you particularly I think if Dundee come up as well. Um, you know, you obviously got both Dundee clubs in there. They've Dundee do have a reasonably decent squad. They've got they've got money to spend as well. Um, you know, you you look at the league right through. It could be very competitive. So I think it's important that we do get the right signings in there. And that's what concerns me a little bit is is whether or not that's actually going to happen. But I still think Hearts have got an opportunity to actually get themselves right in the mix again. And they showed that against Hibs and Celtic, particularly the Hibs game when you brought quality like Harren and Naismith on. And if you have, I mean, it's looking a bit like that, that Naismith's not going to be in the team as much, but certainly if you have a fit Pete Harren in there and then you add to that forward area, Hearts can can beat anybody on their day, I think. But the problem is it's consistency. The thing what David was saying was quite spot on as well. Is like we pretty much built up to that that semi. Like we, we knew, I know it sounds quite arrogant, but we did know that Hearts were going to win the league. The, the, the whole... We obviously showed it in the end, but we had so long to prepare for that semi. I know we went in that we'd only played two competitive games, but we basically our entire preseason, every ta- all the tactics were focused on that game. We went into that and we won it. And like Gordon said there, that bought Nielsen or should have bought Nielsen a lot of leeway with the fans. And 
but the only thing it could have undone it was getting knocked out of both cups by lower league slash non-league sides and he, he somehow managed to do that and it's again I, I remember after the game celebrating you're thinking fucking hell Nielsen's actually learned his lesson from the last time that he didn't shit off Hibs and B win cup ties two things that he was really bad at the first time round and he'd done it his third game third competitive game in charge he'd done it but then after after that game everything sort of changed as well so we'd built everything up towards that game and then we had the final prayer for and going into the final again we sort of built up a bit but after those two games after the final was over we were poor odd game aside we were poor and it's like yeah okay we knew we were going to win the league but we can't just we, we just focused the entire season on two cup two cup ties basically and like Gordon said there is we aren't far away and we've discussed this a lot at length in the podcast I'm sure we'll later on about what we need to do to get there but that game against Hibs showed that we we can hold our own like we, we do have the players that hold our own but Again, how do you undo something? A result like that, it was a, it was a monumental result, given everything that happened. Given everything that happened. I mean, celebrating that goal more than I probably celebrated a goal following Hearts in a long time, because it was just a relief of like anger and rage about what had happened to us in the summer. And it was it was phenomenal. That night is one of the best nights I've had in this last 14 months. It's been terrible for everybody, obviously, but it was, it was a whole relief. And then three or four weeks later we're going to get dumped out of the League Cup by Allo and you go Jesus Christ we're back to back to this again the, the things we were all worried about when Nielsen came back that he seemed to have got over against Hibs and then four weeks later just undoes it all again we'll obviously chat a little bit about that Allo result um, coming up but you know we Spencer we we beat Hibs then we went on beat Inverness 2-1 at Tincastle one against East Fife um, at Bayview and then we got beat 2-1 off Dunfermline. That 2-1 defeat to Dunfermline in November probably proved to us, you know, that you know we weren't going to probably have it all our own way. The game against Alloa, however, in the, the League Cup in late November, did you think that was acceptable, Spencer, um, as a Hearts fan going out so early in the League Cup? No, it was a bad result, but what I would say is that we had the Scottish Cup final three weeks later. Once we'd actually lost to Alawa in the is League Cup, P- possibly, possibly it is because you know we had that cup final three weeks later. As we said at the time, you know if we had won the cup against Celtic, I don't think people would have been as bothered about that Alawa game if it had been after that cup final. Of course, maybe we had that. That, that, would, that would be different if it was a one-off, though. You know what I mean? If that if that was an actual one-off cup tie, then people, you know, you could look past it. But the fact is, it, it hasn't been. Because you look at his first spell, cup record was shocking. And then you even look at his Dundee United spell. Losing to Alawa is never acceptable. Losing to Brora is, is is incredible. You know what I mean? But you can't you can't sit there and say that the, the cup final in three weeks after that's an excuse for losing to Alawa because it's not. But the, the boys and Robbie would add one eye on that cup final, I think, psychologically. Well, that, that's unprofessional then. That's unprofessional. And that maybe just shows you just how, you know... I mean, if you're thinking about a game three weeks in advance and you're not concentrating on the here and nows, then it just shows you that maybe the job is too big for you. The artificial surface is always hard to play there, so, you know... (laughs) David, should Hearts, you know, as the third biggest club, or as we see them, the third biggest club in the country, blame an artificial surface if maybe the result doesn't go well for you? The long answer is absolutely fucking not. The short answer is no. 
Uh, it's embarrassing to even suggest that. I mean, look, Nielsen Ken's all about the surface. Do you not remember in 2014 when he went, oh, you know, I've taken the boys training uh, on the pitch so they're used to it and all that, and blah, 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 and all this nonsense. Thinking he was some sort of new uh, manager guru or something, thinking he was clever. I mean, the man has shown time and time again at this club. I mean, going back to his cup record, if you think about it, so go back to his first season in the championship. In the cup, obviously, he lost to Celtic 4-0. Um, but I'd argue that that was a very weak Ronnie Dyla Celtic and there was a team that was there for the taking and Willie Collum cost us that game. Twice against Celtic in the Championship, but if I'm being honest, it was a poor Celtic team and that Hearts team was uh, good enough, especially at Celtic Park because we missed a penalty. Uh, then you go to the Premiership, obviously, Hibs game, which we can all never speak of again. And then um, the, uh, the this season, two of the most, I think they're the worst, you know, Robbie Nielsen has overseen three of Hearts' worst results in their club's history. And it's everyone has beaten yeah, the next yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Forgetting as well that before he left for MK Dons, we got beaten a quarter final at St Johnson three two. Yes, but I fact, it wasn't even a quarter final, was it? It was the last sixteen. Made me an answer that one as well. So you can't you can't sit there and say anything about his cup record being great. It's shocking. He's he's an embarrassment. The only reason he's got to Hamden is because it was gifted to him on a plate when he got the job. Exactly. It was Daniel Stendel's team that yeah. got uh, that got there. Simple as that. You know what I mean? It wasn't Robbie Nielsen's team because if Robbie Nielsen was a manager. Had he took over in the January, doubt we'd even got past Airdrie. No, no so, We're talking about really bad cup runs, or cup ties on Nielsen. It was a 4-1 off Livy in the championship. Yeah. Everyone forgets. The, the, the Petra fact, aye, absolutely. And and I wanted to win that, by the way. <laughs> I wanted to win that. It's not, I know it's not a cup we necessarily want to win, but Christ. Like, no, I know, exactly. It just it, sum, it sums it up. His cup record uh, overall is concerning. And I think for a football club that, that desperately needs to win a trophy soon... Um, it's you don't suddenly overnight fix things. You know what I mean? I think yeah. I think certain managers prioritise certain competitions, and I feel like Nielsen sees himself very much as a as a league man. You know, he, he likes to be consistent in the leagues. That's his first and four, his first and kind of priority when it comes to to how he how his team plays. I don't think he's overly. I I think sometimes as a manager, you need to have something about you to win trophies and. You need to get yourself. Um, you need to motivate your team. You know, if if you're playing in Aloha and you're about to go into extra time, they've just taken hearts to 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 a nil nil, and they're thinking to themselves, "Listen, we could knock these out here." And Peter Grant's sitting on the touchline, and he's going, "Listen, make yourselves legends. Get yourself through in the the cup." What's Robbie Nielsen saying? It's our, our general cup performances, and as a club, that is not we're not going to win the league anytime soon. Short of like major investment or Rangers and Celtic fucking off, we're not going to win the league. But like gen- generally speaking, like I, I think most fans, the best thing of like cup day, like trips to Hamden are the thing you look forward to the most in a season. Like if you can get there, because we we went a long time out getting to Hamden. Like we we went from twenty twelve to. Actually, yeah, it was 2019, wasn't it? it was Inverness semi, like seven years with our trip to Hamden, and that trip to Hamden with Inverness against Inverness was class. It was great. Day. Everyone had a great time. We we pumped them, fortunately. But that's that's what you look forward to. And then we we suddenly got a load of trips to Hamden really quickly, back to back. And I don't know about the rest of you, but I think most people are the same. It's like I've got the taste for it now. But I want to get to semis and finals. I look forward to those days because they're good days out with your pals, and it feels like because we've got so close recently. It really, really stings now to have been out so early in both cups, and especially now we're watching Hibs get to a final, a winnable final. Fortunately, the fans can't go, but like, it's it sucks. It really does. It's it's crap watching for the sidelines because we we see ourselves as the third biggest club in the country, and on a lot of metrics, we are the third biggest club in the country. 
we should be challenging for cups every year. We should be at least getting to one semi a season, at least. And yeah, so it, it's poor. And I think that's what I think a lot of Hearts fans have got reservations about Nielsen for. Is like Gordon said, and David said as well. Like when you lay out his record in cup competitions, if he's in charge, I wouldn't bank on us getting to another semi for a, quite a number. Unless we got. So unless we got a favourable cup draw, Broder's probably the most favourable cup draw you could get. Yeah, I, I just don't see us getting back there. And that, that's what is really probably bugging me more than anything, is I want to go to Hamden. I just really love those days out at Hamden with your pals. And and yeah, so hopefully he can prove me wrong. I'd love him to prove me wrong, because we'd be winning trophies, but I just don't see it. Obviously, we had an unbeaten start to the Championship. We, we went on and beat Hibs. Then we had Celtic in the final of the Scottish Cup. Very strange final being played in December, but, you know, there was an optimism even after losing that game, Calvin, and, you know, in hindsight, do you think it was more an opportunity missed? I mean, it's definitely an opportunity missed. Like, I replay that penalty shootout over in my head more than it's probably healthy to. Um, there was, I mean, it's not, the penalty shootout's probably not what bugs me more, it was the second half. When we went... 2-2 two, two, there was we had ample opportunities to do that to end that game in, in normal time and I think like the, the first cup the first cup final against Celtic we, I replay Peter Haring's missed header over and over again and you just think those tiny margins could have seen us with two trophies in the cabinet in the last two years um, but in terms of optimism after it I think that's probably the most optimistic I've been about Hearts in a long time because I looked at that game and I went, we're in the championship but a championship maybe not a championship squad as such but and we've just taken quadrupled treble winners or whatever the, however many they won to extra time and penalties and it was more the I think it was more when we went 3-2 down in extra time and everyone thought that was us out of it and we still came back again and I went right this this squad's got something about it and it never quite materialised it never quite continued after that it was kind of after that they went oh, the league's done we're at the cup just going through the motions and that's kind of just, it's deflated me from things when we done we done the podcast after the final and we all sat there saying like we're not far away like we we are not far away as a squad as a club, we'll win something soon with this squad, and then after that game, it just nothing. It, it was just it's been murder since it's been murder between that game and winning the league. It has been poor. Yeah, I, there there was certainly an element of me that thought that the way the Celtic team had been all season, you knew that they were there for the taking, and especially the first half performance in that game pissed me off more than anything else because we just sat off them and we let them have the ball, and you know. And we we know how Hearts are notoriously bad at defending set pieces and shot corner. They score from a set piece, and Berra gives away a penalty when he's up with his uh, his arms ten feet in the air and whatever. And I'm sure Spencer will back up his buddy Big Berra later on. And his butterfly. Yeah, exactly. Well, honestly, if that's his butterfly, he's in serious trouble. Um, but I was I was in that camp where I thought, you know, you've taken a Celtic team so far. If you if you if the squad just can stay fit and if next season you can build on it, then you're looking at a, a very good squad that can challenge for places in Europe. However, as we've seen far too often since that game, as Calvin said, you know, it's been absolutely turgid and murder ever since. And, you know, there's not been one game that stood out that I've actually gone, right, now hearts are back from where they were at the start of the season. Something has needs to happen next season to bring out that potential and get us challenging in the European places. Spencer, should we feel quite positive about the squad considering that cup final performance or should we be worried for the season ahead? I think there's some positives in there. We've got a really exciting young player I like, Henderson. We've seen that the last couple of weeks, you know, his run against Alawa, it takes a lot to run from one length of the field. And you also seen his goal against Wraith Rover, so he's a, a young, promising player. 
other areas of the park. If we, no, if we can keep Haran fit, we can have a good season next year. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting. The cup final was very hard to take. Obviously, there's no point dwelling on it too much after two years of of failure. Um, the way it came about, David's right. The first half was a disgrace. Especially Celtic weren't in great form at all. There was a lot of anger with their supporters. The league was very much starting to slip away from them at that point, which I started to realise I didn't like Lennon at all. I think deep down, actually, if you read Twitter, some Celtic fans actually wanted them to lose that game because that would have meant that Lennon would have got sat there and then. So there was an opportunity missed for Hearts, I think, where you know we, we really should have brought the cup home that day, but we didn't. Spencer, shouldn't we not be dwelling on that cup final considering how the season panned out then yeah of course but you should have used that to take it further and i mean we didn't when we lost against broras i don't know if it if it was if they were dwelling on it they probably weren't but uh I don't, it's just when it's such a painful defeat you know you, you need to try and get out your get out your mind understand what you're saying use it as motivation to try and maybe get back there and put it right but it was a painful one to take and it'll be even more painful if they who shall not be named win the trophy next weekend, especially after us losing the last two finals, it would be even harder, I think. You know, I think that's our problem as a football club, as a fan base, is we probably do dwell on results that have happened over the years. And listen, it's the most painful moment I've had in a long, long time was that cup final. Because, I mean, I think when we got to penalties, the fact that, you know, everything that went on before, everything that had went on before, we then got to the cup final, we then get ourselves back into the game... 2-0 down, 3-3, we go to penalties, I think everyone is convinced that we're going to go in and win the trophy, and then for it to be snatched away, you know, you're actually sitting there so confident that this is this is going to happen, you know, you don't even fathom in your head that, that they're somehow going to lose this penalty shootout, and then Craig Gordon makes the save for Christie, you think, right, come on, this is it, and then, you know, Kingsley misses, and White misses, and that's it, and, um, yeah, I think I think that's been our problem though. Is we do dwell on results too much. Yeah, it was a golden opportunity. Yes, we should have won the, the the trophy, but shit happens. You know what I mean? Well, it's football. Um, I think when we and we will win a trophy again. We're too big a club not to win a trophy again. Our day will come. I think when we're sitting there celebrating and Gorgie and and we're we're enjoying ourselves, we'll look back on moments like the Celtic games. Uh, you know, like semi-final defeats and all this, and you know, I always remember 2012 and and a guy on the bus saying, "Listen, you take the good with the shite." Unfortunately, when you follow Hertz, there's a lot more shite than good, but the good days will come along again. I think as a football club, we've been in a very bad mood for a long time, probably dwelling too much on Hibs winning the Scottish Cup in 16, the fact that we made an arse it, when really we should just go, "Well, listen, you've ha- you're having your day, good for yous." You know, I we made an arse it, but it happens, and let's 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 kick on and move the club forward because I think for a long time we've been badly mismanaged from from top to bottom. I think the fans have been deeply divided for a long, long time. I think we now have an opportunity. I think for, I mean, nobody's not everyone's going to come together in the summer because if anything, we're probably more divided now. Then well, actually, I don't know. I think actually, we might we might not necessarily be that divided. I think everybody's just pissed off collectively, in, in actual fact. But overall, though, I think we need to come together, and the club needs to move forward. And and the only way that's going to happen is success in the park, and the uh, 
and the um and and we need to go from there. We need to move forward, and and that, and there's no point dwelling. I think anymore, um, on what's what's gone on in the past. Let's move on and and let's try and get success next season. I think we've got a real opportunity in the summer, if we actually invest wisely and we bring in the right players. I think we could do all right next season, but I'm not convinced they will. But hopefully Joe Savage will prove me wrong because I don't think it'll be Robbie Nielsen. I don't think he should be trusted when it comes to finding players. I think that should be Savage's job, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I think yeah, I think a lot of that's right. We need we need to get over certain things. I think the reason why the last two cup finals, especially we ever since 2016, we've been desperate to win a trophy for that reason. We, I was thinking that as you were saying that. Is there any other clubs' fans that dwell as much on their rivals winning something as we have? I don't know if it's because we've spent so long ridiculing them about the failure to win that particular cup that when they finally won it. Like when when Tottenham finally won a trophy, did Arsenal fans give a shit? Probably not. They were probably annoyed for a couple of days and then just went. No, I've still won more than them. Yeah, because one side is far far more successful than the other. Yeah, no, but that's what I mean. But but does any other fan like does any other fan group care that much about the rivals winning something? You you get annoyed for a couple of days, you know, maybe like till the season starts. But we've been on this sort of like Hearts have been Hearts fans have been permanently raging since then. Do you think it's because we've been so poor in that period since 2016 that, you know, we're just angry, raging? I mean, we've been relegated. We've, they've won, you know, the Cup in 2016. They're in a final now. You know, will that not just compound everything, Calvin? It's 100% compounded. It. Like, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think had we, you know, the season after that, when they got promoted, had we just beasted them and you know, finished 20 points in front of them in Europe or whatever, then people probably would have been over it by now. But it's the fact that they came up after spending three years in the Championship. They came up and then finished above us and finished quite far in front of us, including winning a few derbies. That that just, again, made people more annoyed. And then the, the Cathro fiasco at Easter Road, you know, the chance to put it right, we absolutely fucked it. I think, I think, I think as well because you look back to when we both got relegated and where both clubs were. Hearts had to rebuild, Hibs had to rebuild, right? We shot off way in front of them, and then you know, won the championship at Canter, and you thought to yourself, right, this football club is going places. You know, we we had the new stand being built, we were debt free, we were you know bringing in players. You thought, you know, we're in the top three now. We're a club that's that's going places. You know, where they they can't even get to the championship, and the fact that it's where we are now compared to where they are, I think that's what's pissed people off as well. Not just them winning the trophy in sixteen, but the actual whole thing. And I think I think it's the way it's happened. The fact that it was the optimism at the start, and the fact you know, if we had just like we hadn't got out of the championship at the first time of asking, and it it had been a slow process, I don't think there would be that much anger. But I think it was the fact that they had given us hope, and the fact that there's no actual excuse for us to be. Because I mean, you, you look back, you know, over previous seasons, particularly over the last ten years or so, um, the start of the Romanov reign aside. Any failings or shortcomings that Hearts have had in those periods, there's been reasons for them, whether it be an owner interfering with team selection, players not getting paid, transfer embargoes, there's always been something. Where now, we've actually got a lot of money to spend compared to every other, every other team in the league. There's literally no excuse for Hearts to be where they are. And I think that's what pisses people off more than anything. It's how soft the clubs become when in reality... You know we should be top three and maybe even knocking on the door of a title challenge. Yeah, one hundred percent. That is why people are pissed off because we have 
there is nothing hamstringing it. There's nothing holding us back. We're, you say we're debt free. We've got, we've now got the stadium finished. We've not got that holding us back. We've got more money to spend than the or other what you class as our two rivals for the third place finish, Aberdeen Hibs. And aside from the first season up, we've got nowhere near Europe in that time, right? We've got no, no, nowhere close to it. It's not like we've you know we've been pipped on the final day. We've had before we got relegated. We had two seasons where we literally limped our top six finish. We crawled over the line a top six finish. No, not even close to getting into Europe. And then it's it's just been brutal. It has been absolutely brutal. And I think that's what I'm saying about the, the 2016 thing. It's been compounded by how utterly inept we've been. And it, it's made worse by the fact that fans are pumping their own money into the club. Like, more than just buying tickets. And we've got more money to spend on our teams. You can't look at it and go, well, the owner's been tight. And that's why we are where we are. We've spent so much money, but it's just been on crap and people are annoyed and they've every right because I'm annoyed and everyone else has got every right to be annoyed as well because it's just it's not good enough but you look at that as you're saying we we absolutely romped that championship we came up Rangers were still down there Hibs were still down there first season Rangers are back up they finished miles in front of us and you kind of expect that because they've obviously got a far better budget but for Hibs to then come up and finish 20 odd points in front of us as well you just sit there going what are we doing we, we kind of we shot off and then just stood still and went well that's us done that's us we're back to where we should be we'll just stop and then Aberdeen pulled further in front Hibs came up went further in front St Johnston finished above us like that, that stuff shouldn't be happening with the money we've got Part, to spend Patrick Thistle Part, fucking hell yeah Patrick <laughs> Thistle right these things are just a joke yeah. and like Gordon just said there is we've had we've had for my entire time supporting Hearts it's all, it was like Pie Man and Romanoff when things went wrong there was a reason why things went wrong it was like you blame other things now there is no reason why we were getting held back but it's just our own ineptitude that's holding us back and that's just what frustrates me and I'm assuming most other people it just really really gets at you David obviously after the Celtic game and into the Christmas period we, we then beat Ayr and, and our Arbroath and then January 2nd comes 2021 and we get beat 3-1 off Dundee do you think that was the start of um, the panic from the harsh support um, in terms of where we might be as a team Um. Oh, I wouldn't say panic stations. And what I would say is that I think every, I think everyone deep down, kind of that night, probably had a feeling that a result like that was probably coming. And then I, I don't think anyone's seen the run after that coming when January and February was compounded by not only having to stay at home but having to stay at home and watch Hearts lose every week. Um, that, that didn't make it any more uh, fun for anyone. Um, I mean, certainly, certainly for a lot of Hearts fans around that time, you know. People were fed up with Nielsen. As it, people, people were fed up with Nielsen when he came to the job, and there was there was folk who were never going to change their minds on him regardless. And I think that's people just have to accept that. And then there was people obviously who were happy to give him a, ch- a second chance and hopefully that he could turn it around. And then obviously he's went on this mad run where he's lost games against clubs who you've never heard of before. Half of them are joiners during the afternoon. Half of them fucking work from home as plasters, whatever. And they come come do training once a week and they go and beat Hearts on a Tuesday night or whatever. So. I think when you start to do that, you're going to struggle to win fans over, and I think the writing on the wall for a lot for him, for a lot of Hearts fans, was around those couple of months. So um, yeah, it was a pretty bad time to watch Hearts, wasn't it? Uh, and I think that it, we've mentioned the two big failings of the like the two biggest embarrassing results of that season, but there were certainly a lot more. And I mean, listen, Hearts should be getting beat 
really by anyone in that championship. I, I know we said at the start of the season when things were going rosy, oh, we could do the unbeaten and whatever. I think that was unrealistic, but it was certainly, should had Hearts played better, it, it could have happened. But to lose or to not win as many games as we actually ended up doing in, in a shorter season, and we discussed this near the end where if this was a full season, maybe things would have been different. We could have actually been in trouble of not even going up uh, come the end of the season uh, automatically. So, yeah, it, a, a lot of things around that time weren't great. And should Hearts go through a run like that again next season, we're staring down the barrel, the barrel of relegation again, or bottom six at, at best if something like that happens. And for a club like Hearts, I mean, I know Nielsen said, you know, we've got to be aiming for the top six. Hearts fans won't accept top six. You know, this man has to do anything. If he fails to get fourth place, at worst, Hearts fans will be protesting again to get him out because fifth and sixth, Hearts, Hearts fans are fed up of fifth and sixth. We've done it for three years in the Premiership uh, since we've came back up. It's not good enough. You know, if Hearts aren't in Europe next season, or at least challenging up until the final day, like you said, we've not done that in, in a while. If we get up to, to that point where we're in it with a couple of weeks left, then you can maybe excuse it and you go, okay, we're getting there. Next season, if you build and improve, then you'll get to that European place. But if we don't do that, and if we fail to do that again next season, then he's got to go. From sort of mid-January onwards, we sort of then went into a bit of funny form. Sort of, that was sort of compounded by the 3-2 um, defeat off Rafe Rovers. I mean, we were 3-0 down at one stage. Do you think defeats and draws like that are acceptable for a club like Hearts? Considering in the future, you know, we want to be fighting for these European places. No, but what did you want from this season? 27 games, 27 wins? But if you you want to look at those games individually, I mean, Wraith Rovers got their tactics spot on. They went 3-0 up at Tynecastle. We got a couple of goals. They didn't, they didn't really get their tactics spot on because a bad defending, you know. I think all three goals were avoidable. And Hearts missed quite a, a fair few chances. So would you say that every, every game that we've not won this season is down to Hearts being poor other than the other team being good? Yeah. So, yeah, so you, you, I would say that because I think if Hearts play well, they're going to beat you, especially at that level. And it's just a fact because we have better players. And not only that, you can't give teams three nil leads, three goal head starts because that's what Hearts effectively done that day. They gave Wraith Rovers a three goal lead and then decided they would start playing again when hour left. Got two back, could have actually won the game four three because of the fact the chances that they missed. So if you if you if if Hearts had learned to defend. And particularly during that period, he continued to stick with the, the same defensive pairing. Christoph Berra was in the team. He was continually making errors. He then takes Christoph Berra out, and I think we went through a run and didn't concede a goal. I think it was like, was it five games or something? We, we kept clean sheets in a row. Well, I think you're being slightly unfair there, but... Well, I'm not. Are you saying that Mr McPake, Mr McGlynn, or Mr Crawford didn't get their tactics spot on when they defeated us? Hearts played poorly, so uh, I think it would say it's more to do with Robbie Nielsen getting his tactics wrong that night, and the players not playing as well as they can, also missing some glaring opportunities, because I think throughout the games, we did miss quite easy chances. I think apart from the Dundee game, the 3-1 game, I thought Hearts were very poor that night, I have to say. Um, I think they didn't. They, they, they got their tactics completely wrong, and I think Nielsen did change it going into that game. He obviously put Peter Harren in there, who wasn't quite fit enough. Uh, didn't give him long enough to get into the game. Um, it wasn't until I think Irvin came on and then we started playing a little bit. He changed the shape and Nasey, I think Nasey came on as well, didn't he? Um, you know, second half, we were arguably the better team. But again, they scored the third goal late on and, and put the game to bed. I think at the time, you know, if Hearts start the game with a, the correct formation and the correct personnel on the park, we win these games. 
We then beat Dunfermline 1-0 at Tincastle at the end of January, which, you know, it's, it's actually, when you look back on it, quite a significant result because it sort of stopped that rot. We, we didn't concede that day. We then beat Air United at um, Somerset. And then we went on a bit of a run where we drew against Queen of the South, drew against Morton, drew against Inverness, and then we beat Dundee at Tincastle. I mean, did we know at that stage we were going to win the league? Because cons- we dropped points the three weeks prior in February, into March. Nobody was really close to us in the end, were they, Calvin? Yeah, I mean, I think the fact is we went through some really bad results and still somehow, I mean, what were classes bad results, like drawn at home at Morton, for example, and still increased the lead at the top of the league. And I think that was when I knew, it was when I, every time a team got close to us, or relatively close, they would have a horror show result. And he just sort of went, there's no, it, I think I, I said it a few times, like, not on this, but like in group chats and stuff, where I generally thought there was a point where we probably didn't have to win another game and we would still get promoted. I mean, we got down to like seven games left. Was, we could we could probably not win now and we'll still go up because these teams will, A, the three below us all beat each other every time they played each other. No one team came out on top every time. And then they kept losing the teams below us and it was teams, well, we should have been beating them. There's no, I'm not arguing that getting a draw against them was a good result. We were getting points and they were getting nothing. And like we went on that, that ridiculous run of like, two wins in nine so two wins in a third of the season and still came out with a bigger lead than we went into it with how is that possible like that that shouldn't and at that point i went it doesn't really doesn't matter what we do at this point in time the, the league was won in december basically but i think the, the three one or the two wins over the christmas period probably sealed the league for us and so it was never in any danger it just i mean i think had the season went on and on and on we probably would have eventually balls it up but yeah, it was it was done and dusted. It was just the sort of manner of how we how we like staggered over the line in the end of a league that we should have won should have won convincingly, impressively even. David, obviously after beating Dundee we, we then played Air United, beat them two 0 at Tincastle, drew with our broth at Gayfield a a nil nil draw. You could argue um it is a difficult place to go. And then we we, we suffered our Scottish Cup defeat to Broda, possibly the the worst result in the club's history. You've got to remember Broda hadn't really played in twenty twenty one before they played Hearts in that Scottish Cup tie. Had he hadn't played in about three months because of the restrictions. I mean, I mean, I feel like I've exhausted everything I can talking about this in previous podcasts we've done. However. I'm happy to talk about it again, just because it vents out a little bit more anger I still have towards this game. And this is what we mentioned. As Gordon said, Hearts fans are still pissed off about this result. You can lose a cup match. Aye, it happens. That's what, that's, you know, cup shocks happen. But this is, that one was a new level beyond any football fan's wildest imagination that could have ever happened. Um, But could any Hearts fan realistically say when watching at home they thought, I didn't see that coming? I, I certainly did. All night I was thinking, wouldn't surprise me if they if they they beat us here, and lo and behold, they did. And uh, I'm surprised Nielsen didn't blame the pitch or the referee or whatever fucking excuse he usually has up his sleeve. Pretty sure he blamed the referee at our broth and the wind. Uh, I'm sure he probably blamed the, the waves in the sea. You know they were too noisy. Uh, there was too much spray coming from the the sea walls. I don't know, but um, as far as I'm concerned, he won't we won't be able to recover from that result. Um, it was a it was a pretty damning night for Hearts in general. 
Adama Knight for Nielsen. That, as I mentioned just a, mo- just a moment ago, it's pretty much his Hearts managerial career now. As far as maybe half to two-thirds of the Hearts fan base, that's it for him. No matter what he does. I'm sorry, if he finishes, if he has a bang average cup run next season and a bang average league campaign, there might be your odd happy clapper who thinks that you know he's doing a half decent job, <coughs> Spencer. Um, but the the rest of them will not accept that because of the results that he's had. And you know what? It, and you can't say it's a one off because we mentioned before he's got previous of these results. Every every Hearts fan in a group chat mentioned, "Imagine if they beat us here. Imagine what a riot! Eh? You could see it coming, and lo and behold, obviously it happened. And uh, yeah, I mean." <sighs> What, what more can you say? I mean, it's it is Hearts' worst result in their history by the by a quite a considerable margin. Only only th- obviously three months ago we had our worst result in our history um, by the same manager, obviously. Um, so yeah, do you know what, Ross? I'm <laughs> I am actually exhausted. I don't actually have the energy to get angry about it anymore. I've just got this. It's just always going to play in the back of my mind now. We got beat off a bunch of guys who hadn't kicked a ball in three months because they physically weren't allowed to as a team and pretty much don't play football as anything more than a hobby in comparison to the Hearts players who it's meant to be their full-time job and are on stupid money. So, and, and let's let, let's not kid about, uh, beat about the bush here. He played a strong team. He played a full-strength 11, obviously. So... Yeah, do you know what? Yeah, fed, 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 fed up. That that was what that for me. I mean, listen, I I I'd got fed up with Nielsen after the Allo game, but that was the final nail in the coffin, uh, for me. It's just it's just more baffling um, that yeah, it's each stat that you kind of knock off there. You know, with the amount of times they hadn't played and the fact that a Highland League team and you know the money that Hearts players are on and all this sort of thing. It is the worst result in Hearts history. You know, we we even had to do an emergency podcast on it. Um, I think every every other Hearts podcast done the exact same. I mean, it was crisis point. It really was, and I think they're they're extremely fortunate that there wasn't play, uh, fans in in the stadium, and then not having to play a game with fans um, a couple of days later because it would have been anarchy. Um, there, you know, I mean, the only the only thing that you can kind of describe about that team would be that night particularly as wage thieves you know they're they really are a disgrace to the profession and listen let's not take anything away from brother rangers you know what i mean it was a real david v goliath story and and you know they they won the game and then got beat by a stranra team in the next round um it wasn't like a proper cup run where you thought you know this could be a fairy tale story it was a one-off for them and that was it you know they, they won their game we went out um it was a poor performance, and it was a strong team that that Hearts had put out that night, um, and it just epitomised Nielsen's cup record. And I think if you can't take a team and motivate, I mean, you shouldn't have to motivate a team anyway. You know, I blame the players this time. It wasn't necessarily the the manager, but if you can't get players up for a game against a, a Highland League team, uh, you know, a part time team or whatever, then you know you're 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 not good enough to manage a club the size of Hearts. Do you, can you imagine if Celtic or Rangers went up to Borough Rangers and lost? You know what I mean? They they wouldn't even make it back to Glasgow. Um, it's just it just wasn't acceptable. They just um, and that shows you the shortcomings in the squad. You know it was unprofessional. I think we should have played our strongest team that night, um, and we should have showed that listen, we're so far ahead in the league. 
we're going to go and win the title, but we won a double, and um, we'll take care of these, and then we'll go and beat um, Shan Rar, and then, you know, you could potentially have had an Edinburgh derby on the horizon, so, I mean, it's all ifs and buts, but at the end of the day, it, it really has put a dampener on the season, and it's, we almost go into the summer now, instead of on the back of a championship win, fans potentially getting back into the ground again and everybody a little bit more positive we're sitting here just talking about the same things um talking about the same the same results the same failures um and nothing's going to change and you know from top to bottom i think the football club's weak i think it's spineless and uh and the more i talk about that particular result these sort of and they're not allegations they're facts um about the the state of the football club are going to continue to come out it was a horrendous result there's no getting away from that it was um, it was very poor, of course, the worst in our history. It'll be even more worse if we know what happens next week, if they win that trophy the, the year that we get knocked out by Broader Rangers. I know, you know Calvin made a good point about maybe we are a little obsessed with Hibs and their, their cup record, but um, it would be horrendous if they won it the year we got knocked out by a part-time team. So let's hope for Mr Nielsen's sake that doesn't happen and St Johnston do a double. Yeah, there is no getting away from it. It was horrendous, as we keep saying, and hopefully next year we win the cup or at least get knocked out by a League 2 team. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, after the, the Broder game and then subsequently losing 3-2 to Queen of the South the week the weekend after... You know, there was a lot of people that, you know, had simply had enough with the club, had had enough with um, Nielsen, the tactics. Um, was that the time, potentially, if, if Hearts were going to let Robbie Nielsen go, What was that the time that they would have done it? I mean, it, has it completely passed now? I take it, we, we're all agreeing that Robbie Nielsen will probably be the Hearts manager next season, there's no doubt about that. The Brora game should have, I mean, talked to death I'm not going to run it again but it was an unsurvivable result or it should have been any any other club at our level regardless of what's going on around about you you lose a game like that you're going to get a stick you lose a game like that in the run of form we were on I think that should have been should have been curtains but it wasn't the, the Queen of the South game was ridiculous like you want to bounce back and I mean just sitting watching I was just laughing like you just sitting watching and just like fuck's sake like how you're literally trying to bounce back from the worst result in the club's history and you're going to lose to Queen of the South for the first time at home for the first time in 47 years. Hmm. And so that was poor. Draw with Dunfermline. I don't think I even bothered watching that game. Um, I don't know if many people did. But yeah, it was. Uh, he, he shouldn't have survived, but he, he has us now, so he, he's going to be in charge next season. I think that's. that's we, we know that now, so it just remains to be seen what happens in the transfer window. David, we eventually won the league in. After beating Alwa 6-0, results went our way and got over the line. It's probably the best way to describe it. You know, looking forward to next season, we do need to sign the right kind of players, don't we? Yeah, yeah, we've talked about this. You know, Hearts very much go for the scattergun approach on transfer windows. Um, and it's been fairly clear to see that that hasn't worked and won't work um, because it's just not sustainable or, or a viable way to go about and, and be successful so you need to you need to put your money where your mouth is but also make sure that you spend it wisely you know anyone could spend 300 grand on a player but they've got to have a track record you know the last player we spent money on Liam Boyce he's already proved that he's worth his weight in gold 
Um, so you need to sign a player of that caliber uh, and of that qu- of that quality, who you know is going to make an impact from the get go. But again, you know, Nielsen, especially in his time and in, in his first spell, he did in the free agent market. He had a fairly successful ratio. Um, did he? Jim, good player, got them in the free market, free uh, free agent. One of <laughs> No, well, he didn't sign all seventy two. Um, give me a minute, I think. <laughs> Robbie Nielsen wouldn't have signed Liam Boyce. No, no, you're right. He wouldn't have. No, no. No, it's because the man, the man is allergic to spending money, though. That's why. That was a Daniel Stendel purchase. I'm, I'm not sure about that, but I think you can. You know, I don't think he's ever paid for a player, is he? I actually don't think it's even up to him. Though I don't think it should be up to him. We, we've said it before. If this transfer window is a failure, then this this club is is in for it because you know there's been what seven tra- seven summer transfer windows on the on the trot now that have been. That have been abject at best and a disaster at worst. So and and the January ones have been a, sh- a shock as well because we've tried to amend the wrongs from the summer by signing more players. David, you, you know, you say we're in for it if, if we don't get it right, but hasn't it been the same for around three years? Yeah, yeah, it has. But I, I don't think there's been people have kind of given the benefit of the doubt in certain elements. And I don't think the benefit of the doubt will be given anymore because folk. You've heard you heard after the Brewery game that folk were going to cancel their direct debits and you know stop go, like you know no renewing their season tickets and that. If, if people didn't, if people see this transfer window coming up, and if they see by June, July that the transfers we made are pretty much uninspiring, folk will go, "Okay, well, I'm not watching that next season. No thanks. See you later. I'll no, I'll, I'll no be renewing." And then you'll find a half-empty tin castle like there was at Easter Road ten years ago. When they were in the exact same position, when they were putting out a shite team, finishing tenth and eleventh every season, under jobber managers like Calderwood and all that, so uh, it, this has to make sure this transfer window has to be pretty much perfect. And I know that never happens, but it kind of has to be. Calvin, have Hearts became what Hibs were when we were younger? I'm really. Really rotten to say so, but I mean, there, there's a, there's a comparison you made there, yeah. I mean, I remember at the time, the, the time Dave's referring to when they just did have absolute jobbers in charge and they signed absolute dross repeatedly. Paddy Fenlon, Colin Collwood. Yeah, Colin Collwood, Fenlon, and they, yeah, but they they'd done the same thing as us every year. They they sort of they were minced up till January, signed a boatload of shite in January that got them a couple of results and steered them away from. I mean, we. So we got relegated last season. The season before that, we still got in the top six. I mean, Hibs are like tenth and eleventh for quite a few years. Um, but no, there is there's comparisons to be drawn there. Unfortunately, um, the only one thing that's different is we have not just spent that time getting absolutely pumped off them. We've done them a few times in that because I, I remember those days when we went to the Easter Road. It wasn't even a, you didn't even sweat. It. We just went down the Easter Road one, went had them at Tynecastle and the, I didn't say the word boring, but derbies were just they were a foregone yeah, conclusion. Yeah, exactly. They, they were they were an absolute. Fo- you remember it as well. It was yeah. just, especially at Tyne Castle, you went in those games. I mean, you weren't even going to the pub before Derby's on a Sunday because you're like, oh, just have on it. Quite have that sort of uh, nervous butterflies. I mean, yeah, there was all in, there was always an anticipation before. They sold half a stand because they knew they knew what was coming. We weren't real up for it because we knew what was coming. We beat them two 0 and just carry on with your day. They weren't. When it's when it's coming, I mean, listen, I still celebrate them all the same. I'm not going to sit and didn't it? But um, and listen, I'd love to go and pump them five 0 every time I play them. But the fact is, I agree with you completely there. 
when, when you go into derby games, you want to have that kind of competitive sort of feeling about it where you don't know if you're going to win, if you're going to lose, and then when you do win, it becomes all the sweeter. I think we went into that period and, you know, you just knew you were going to win anyway. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change that. I'd be, I'd be quite happy if that became became the norm again. But at the same time, I think David just said a minute ago there that we need to have a a, a pure perfect transfer window. See when your manager's coming out and saying that every single player you're going to sign is not going to be Pelly. Doesn't it bode well, does it? No, it does. It does trouble you, but it's a. Uh, I mean, we're not like obviously we're going to get on this now. It's we're not. F- massively far away from um, where we need to be in terms of sightings but there's 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 a couple of positions but there's one position we need to get spot on which is we've said a lot of times centre half the rest of it like you say I'm, I'm coming at that quote it's almost like it's designed to antagonise like it's almost like he's trolling us back because he's obviously there's a lot of fans have called for his head and he's won the league and he's just going, oh, I'm not going to sign Pell every. I'm not. I'm not expecting. Like I know what David means is it almost has to be perfect, but we are. It's not going to be. We're going to sign the odd dud. I just, I, I just want a better ratio than four and seventy six. Like if I'm being honest, I just kind of want better than that. Like maybe thirty and seventy six being good players. I'll, I'll, I'll even take that. But it's just every transfer to be signed seven. One's good, one's average, five are dog shit. And that's been... And when you do that over five years, you eventually build a squad of dog shit and get relegated. And that's what we've done. And we just need to not do that again. Obviously, now looking back on the season, we've all had to pick um, a nominee for our Hearts Review Player of the Year. Calvin, you've you've changed your nomination. Can you can you please explain your reasons why? Well, I got done absolutely dirty in the last show. Right, I got the third choice. There's only there was only two choices, so I, I was left hanging with my third. And so I went for Andy Halliday because I thought he's actually been consistent throughout the season. And I looked at his stats and I went, nope. Right, I'm not I'm not winning this. I mean, I can argue, I can argue most points, but I was not going to win that one. So I'm going to change it to the restaurant because it's five stars on, tri- on TripAdvisor is the number one restaurant and Edinburgh has Michelin starred restaurants and this is number one so it's got to be good I've, I've been to hospitality a few times the food and hospitality is outstanding we can criticise the club for a lot but the restaurant is not one of those things we can criticise them for it's arguably going to be our biggest earner this season given the fact that fans can't get in so it's, it's already doing its job I think anyone that's been says it's good I'm going to exclude the outside bar because they serve pictures in uh, milk cartons so they're out that it's the restaurant and the restaurant only food part of it the, so I, I think I have to go with that and that I mean I with that sums up perhaps as a football club at the moment that the restaurant is getting a nomination but I feel I have to I mean to be fair the restaurant is a, a star player a key man but it's also on good, a good wage so you you know you expect to be coming up with big goals for us and I think, and I think definitely, um, it's, it's it has delivered. But and and may I add, we I think it was December we went um, just before the the first lockdown. We got the three courses for twenty quid or something. It was worth every penny. I mean, that's value you can't get anywhere else. Right, it it pays for itself. We know this it is. So I'm I'm gonna I need to sort of defend my restaurant here. That's it's absolutely the star performer this season. It has been. There's no doubt about it. Now that we're allowed to eat and drink inside, it's going to take on a life of its own. Yeah. 
I mean, three quarters of 20 quid, that is... Uh, Not to be where, where else do you get that? Yes. And I say like this, I mean... Obviously, David and Spencer, you're still to announce your nominees. I mean, who are the nominees? Yeah. Um, the, the, listen, I, I had a lot of thought about the Skylands. Great, great, great restaurant. Great food, great views. I, I, I'm trying to think who else was bang average enough to maybe get... Um, actually, I'll go Stephen Kingsley because he scored a free kick and I've not seen someone score a free kick for hearts and ages. So, Liam Boyce, Craig Gordon, Stephen Kingsley, The Restaurant, and Spencer. Well, first of all, I'm glad that you have mentioned The Restaurant. Um, it once again shows Mrs. Budge's uh, good business skills with what she's able to create here in just 18 months. The best restaurant in Edinburgh, another positive for the club, that The Restaurant does us all proud. The player of the year is difficult. It's a bit more difficult to choose, but without a doubt, the young player of the year is Ewan Henderson. He's done well this season. I've really enjoyed watching young Hendo, and hopefully next year he gets more game time. He's a promising young player. And again, I mean, probably probably Boyce for his goals, but I felt like he's missed you know, a few sitters. But a special recognition award should go to Christoph Berra for his service to our football club over a long period of time, and we wish him all the best at Wraith Rovers. I think I speak for everyone here. So, Liam Boyce, are, are, are you, Spencer, and your brother voting for him? Yes, we are agreeing, unfortunately. But I would say Ewan Henderson is, without a doubt, the young player of the year. How, how ironic, isn't it? You know, when I mentioned Liam Boyce at the, the start of the transfer window here, uh, sorry, at the start of the season, you laughed at me. Well, you're not laughing now, are you? But he still missed you're loads of sitters. No, only the because year. of the goals you he scored. He wasn't good enough and we should get rid of him. Well, guess what? You've just nominated him as the player of the year. He has still Thank missed. Much, he man. has still missed loads of sitters this season. Yeah, but at the end of the day, he still scored sixteen goals. And without those goals, we wouldn't be getting promoted. Yeah, I think I might actually go for the restaurant. You know, five stars on TripAdvisor in a city like Edinburgh. Yeah, I'm going to stick with my nomination. I think originally I thought I got done dirty, but maybe have him um, have a proper think about where we were as a football club and what makes us great and. I am 100% the restaurant. David, what, what's your thoughts on the restaurant being the player of the year? Listen, I'd, I'd love to give it to uh, to to Stephen Kingsley you know, for that free kick, but uh, I think I, I think I've been swayed, and I think it does go to the restaurant. <laughs> it would be quite funny that tweet if you put out the Hearts Reviews Player of the Year as the restaurant. I think so. So for that reason, I'll probably say the restaurant as well. I'd like go for it. <laughs> Can I just add to the restaurant's thing? It was also injured from January to mid-April. Like, it's, it's spent a lot of time out, and it's still... Yeah, it's bounced back fantastically. You know, it's spent a lot of times in isolation, and, and credit to... The, it has it has certainly bounced back. So, uh, for that reason, yeah, I'll, I'll certainly um, throw my support behind the uh, the restaurant and look forward to uh, to seeing it again. Congratulations to the Skyline Restaurant at Tincastle. It is the Hearts Reviews Player of the Year 2020-21. It almost describes how much of a great season we've all witnessed. And with that, that's the end of the show and the end of the Hearts Review for this season. Thank you for listening. We'll be back during the summer. But until then, goodbye. <laughs>